Welcome to Two Guys, One Sidewalk. I'm Shane. And I'm Keith. Episode 35. Episode Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I had to ask you ahead of time because I do not know any 35s. That, you know, it used to be 35 was not really necessarily a basketball number. You know, you don't think of too many people being 35 in basketball. There's not too many. I, I'm trying to look and see. Uh, it says famous 35-year-olds. We don't want that. <laughs> let's see. Let's 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 get started here with somebody. Let's see who else other thirty-five. See that that's bad when you have to Google who else is thirty-five. Anybody on the Cowboys thirty-five? Yeah, I don't think so. Not that not that I can recall. Here we go. Best, Best athletes, athletes. Okay. Who wore number thirty-five? There's nobody on the list. Huh. Oh gosh, I couldn't. Stay. I didn't. Was not a fan of this one right off. Number the bat. one, Ricky Henderson. Ricky wore number thirty-five. Ricky did. Ricky did. You ever heard a story about him and Olerud? Huh? You know, he and Olerud played together in, I think, Oakland and in Toronto. I think that's where they both played. Or they both played together somewhere. You know, Olerud always wore the baseball helmet when he played first base. I think he had something wrong where he had to wear a helmet even out in the field. And one day Ricky came up to him and said, hey, man. Don't don't be ashamed to have to wear that helmet like that. Ricky played with the guy back in Oakland who had to wear a helmet like that. Noel Rue goes, yeah, that was me, buddy. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky didn't care. Yeah, Kevin Durant was number two, so we were we we almost had the number one guy there, Yogi oh, Berra. Oh, Yogi Berra! Wow, he probably caught it fifty three though. <laughs> Justin oh. Verlander. Not that I'm a baseball guy, couple but of Cy Youngs there. Yeah, a couple of baseball guys. Frank oh, Thomas, big hurt, big hurt. I got his rookie card. Do you really? Yeah. Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan. I liked Joe Morgan when I was a kid. Second baseman. Tony Esposito, NHL player. guy. And let's see, Gaylord Perry, another baseball player. Knuckle. Didn't want he a knuckleballer? Yeah. Phil Necro. Phil Necro is a knuckleballer. I don't. I, Gaylord Perry might not have been a knuckleballer. Mike Musina from the Yankees. So that's the top ten, number yeah. thirty-five. So we'll we'll leave it at that. But I'm I'm gonna go stick with Kevin Durant. Episode three-five. I'm gonna go with Yogi. Yogi. Yeah, just because he was kind of goofy. Yeah. So. It ain't over till it's over. So you kind of identified with it. That's right. It ain't over till it's over. So, man, what's been happening? Two uh, weeks since the last sidewalk episode. Man, there's been a lot going on in the last two weeks. You know, um, I told you a while back we're going to have to say something about it because people have, I see it asked on Facebook almost on a daily, what's going on at the foot of Jimmy Davis Bridge? And you want to tell us about it. From what I understand, because the Department of the DOTD said nothing's going on because they're not, and even they're still in the design stage, but they're just building. I mean, they're just getting ready to build. But in all honesty, I think that's the laydown yard for they're getting ready to start building. So the work is is starting because they're leasing that from the city, correct? That's correct. And I think that's probably why DOTD, DOTD hasn't started anything yet. Right. But the company, J.B. James. Is getting ready. 
who's, I believe, officed out of the Brown Building. I believe they okay. have offices that they've leased right. there. And they have got a lease agreement to to use that area right there at the foot of the bridge for a laydown yard to put all their equipment and all the stuff they're going to use to work on the bridge once they actually begin right. work. So, so, so whenever you... Next time somebody asks, you can say, hey, that's a laydown yard for the new bridge that's going across. That it is. And, I mean, they put a road through there to kind of gravel road yeah, and getting everything ready. Got and rid of a lot of those old pecan trees that were in there and cleared it out quite a bit. Yep. So. And and part of that, you know, because the bridge is going to be north of the current bridge by about 50 feet. So, I mean, it's going to be right next to it. But, yeah. Uh, so that whole area will probably be a mess for... Three and a half, four years. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, but that is, if, if you wonder what's going on, they're not building anything down there. That is currently a laydown yard for just a laydown uh, construction. Yeah. But that's, hey, it's good that it's a laydown yard. That way you know it's it's coming. No doubt. You know, it they're is. not going to put that money, spend that money for something they are, don't already know that they're, they're doing. So it's coming. It's working. And just think 10 years from now, we'll almost have it ready. Five years. <laughs> five years. Hey, in five years, we're going to do a show from the Linear Bridge. From the Linear Bridge Park? Yes. Bungee jumping? According to those guys over at Bozier Watch. Right. They're going to do bungee jumping. Well, first of all, it's going to... We, I don't know if you and I can do it right after we get onto the top of it. By the time you and I walk up to the top of that Linear Bridge, we're going to be pretty out of breath. It might so. be dark. <laughs> we better start be. early. We started early in the morning, get up there to do a... I've I've requested an escalator on that linear park. That's bridge. what I'm talking you know, a little about. Ride up like, like see in airport. Vegas and airports. Yeah, just a little ride up. That would be a, a fun ride in itself. Just ride up it and turn. It around worked and come. for at least two weeks. And That's then it, right. Then it wouldn't. <laughs> and then it wouldn't and would never work again. But at least there'd be some handrails on it so you could walk up. True. True. Yeah, I, I'm. I am curious to see how they're going to do that linear bridge because that is a steep bridge. Well, I'm also. I, I'm hoping the new governor and and some folks think a little better of that idea and go ahead and tear the other bridge down but use a little common sense but supposedly the federal money is tied to uh biden and, and his administration not wanting to tear down any <laughs> any bridges so well you know biden makes such good decisions so <sighs> i mean the man is is at the peak of his mental performance absolutely so there's no doubt that whatever he's got on, on plan for it's got to be good so so some good news out of Sobo this weekend. What's uh, that? Parkway Panthers boys basketball team went 3-0 and at the Barksdale Federal Credit Union wow. uh, tournament that they have every year. It was uh, exciting uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of, of, of hoops uh, with a lot of teams from around the area there. Uh, Vangel, Green Oaks, Mansfield had a team come up out of Lake Charles. Uh, you were at – Almost every day. I was, you know. Uh, shout out to my my beautiful bride who cooked food for the hospitality room just every day. Wow, uh, that was nice. And uh, sh- her chicken spaghetti apparently was a hit with everyone, so she was pretty excited about that. But it was a lot. It was a lot of work, but uh, at the same time, uh, a lot of people were happy. A lot of the referees and coaches were very thankful that you know when you, when you're there from two thirty to ten o'clock at night you know, refereeing or coaching or having your team there. Yeah. It's good to have plenty of food. And uh, the last night, the last game that played was Bozier High School versus Red River. 
and uh, we still had some food left, and it was just funny watching the boat. We, we invited the Bozier team to come back, and uh, there was about eight pizzas left Saturday and some chicken spaghetti, and, man, they gathered it all up. When it we wasn't told them nothing we had, They left went and got on the bus. They probably ate it all on the bus. Oh, but, I'm sure. By uh, the time they got to Bozier High School. <laughs> but uh, So it was a good, good weekend. Coach Rayner put on a, uh, a great tournament at Parkway, and uh, Panthers came out pretty pretty successful. I do have a story I want to tell. I debated on whether I was going to tell this story right. or not. Oh, but yeah. I've still got myself in a crawl over it. Um, would, would this be the the Minden thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Parkway and Evangel played. And just I did not realize Parkway and Evangel was such a rivalry in basketball. I didn't either. But I know last year Evangel beat Parkway in this tournament, and this year Parkway beat them. But – uh, I'm sitting with a couple of the dads and, and other folks for that game, and there's a lot of trash talking on the court between both teams. That happens. That's part of the game. I actually kind of like it. The refs didn't like it and were kind of monitoring it pretty heavily, but there was also some trash talk in the stands. There was a mom that was talking a lot, talking to our boys, talking to her boys. I mean, but again, I didn't see any issue with it. At halftime of the Parkway Evangel game, the mom walks by a couple of the dads. I'm sitting on the front row and these other dads and says something to the dads. Well, the dad, one of the dads, one of the fans pops off something back to her. Well, she goes and gets either husband or boyfriend. Husband or boyfriend is a Minden police officer, apparently. He's got his gun, his badge, his uniform on. And apparently he didn't like that something was said to his wife, which I but, told him. But- she she said she, it first. She, she instigated. instigated it. Okay. And she said it first. They said something back. And anyway, I'm look, looking back, and I'm like, this is a police officer that's talking to these guys. And they're a little back and forth. No profanity. Just a little talking back and forth words being said. And all of a sudden, I hear, I'll take this badge off, and I'll blankety, blankety, blank, blank, blank you. And... I'm like, okay, that's enough. So I stand up and I go get the SRO officers, the Bozier Parish SRO officers, to intervene there. And I'm like, this guy needs to go. Yeah. Like, this guy has a gun on his hip. He's dressed in uniform, and he just threatened one of the people in the stands. And, of course, the lady starts yelling at me, go sit your butt down, go sit down. This isn't any of your business. What was my business? Uh, I felt like somebody was being threatened. Um, what what gives that guy the right just because he has a badge on that? First of all, a Minden badge. He's not anywhere. It's not even like we're in yeah. Webster Parish or in his jurisdiction whatsoever. So you're threatening someone, and if you have a gun on you, it can it becomes well, and that's business. where I I I literally when I heard him say he was going to take his badge off and th- th- with the threat and the words that he used, I was like, okay, that's enough. Right. So I got up and I went and got the SRO officer. And uh, ironically, after all of this, so the SRO officer intervened, talked to both the officer and the other guy that they were having conversation. And nobody was exited from the building, which I felt like he made a threat and he right. was an officer. He should have been removed from the building, but uh, it de escalated. Um, and that was the point that I, I guess I got involved in that. But, you know, it, it's, um, it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, uh, I understand. And it still to this time doesn't sit well with me that someone, 
I mean, again, trash talking in basketball has happened for years. It's going to continue to happen. It's all it's sports, and that's a thing. And as long as you aren't making threats, right? I think it's a it's a it's it's a, an okay thing. But uh, when you have a police officer from another city, you know, fully in uniform, threatening people in the stands, uh, right. I, I have a, I have a concern and issue with that. But that's uh, that. So that that made for an interesting. I think that was. Friday night. That was the second night, but uh, it was and it was a very intense game, and both teams played great back and forth game between Evangel and Parkway. But I'll get off my soapbox on that. But and I doubt the Menden officer listens to our our sidewalk <laughs> he show. Might be, he might right now. But be I'll, doing I'll say this now: the, the the next night he showed up and was not in uniform, uh, which I guess I was glad to to, to see that. But yeah. uh, any officer that's in uniform that makes a threat to someone at a basketball game, in my opinion, there's just no room for that. Uh, so anyway, that was that kind of wrapped up the uh, the basketball tournament. Um, what uh, else? What else? Well, I, I'll just touch on that a little bit more. Um, unfortunately, you know, me being a, an old an ex fireman, when you're in uniform, you're representing that department that you're with. So, as a fireman, if I would have gone out and threatened somebody in uniform, you better believe I would have been getting oh, absolutely, and getting af- in trouble for afterwards. It. The SRO officer, as I was talking to him, because he's like, he goes, "Man, I thought it was somewhere up higher in the stands." I mean, he goes, "We heard the commotion." He goes, "I didn't realize it was the police officer." The yeah, guy, you know, because that's not what you you expect, to right? Be the- and uh, he goes, "I promise you." Julian Whittington wouldn't have uh, no wouldn't have wouldn't fly with that you no. know and, and and probably the Minden Police Department if they knew about it probably wouldn't be thrilled about it because now not only did he do it in front of a bunch of people at another high school now you got people on a podcast a world renowned podcast talking about it you know for the whole world to see yeah. so I did uh, I did fill in for Don Harper I was just too. fixing to bring up that did uh, I heard that you were the the voice, of the, the voice of the cage, just uh, Saturday or just, off? Just Saturday for the game. I got to do the, introduce the starting lineup. and uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how I graded. I'm not sure nobody really – either nobody pays attention to that person. Right. Or nobody you know, nobody came and high-fived me and said you did a good job. I did. It, it's, it's, it's a um, no-reward job. I did kind of enjoy uh, one time Braylon Brown got a steal, took it, took it all did the way. Did you bounce and him I was, up there? And I was like – Braylon Brown goes coast to coast for the bucket. So yeah, yeah, I had, I had a little bit of fun with it. Uh, Is Braylon bouncy? No. Oh, okay. No, uh, but uh, Braylon actually had a really good game that Saturday. Hit several threes. I believe we ended up with eighteen or nineteen points. Um, and uh, you know, for my for for my first time, I feel like I did pretty good. But yeah. I didn't, I didn't get, get a whole lot of feedback on that. You know, and the thing about doing something like that is people don't realize how hard it is to do that until you actually sit in there. When I used to do the baseball games, you know, the first couple of times I did a baseball game, it was – as y'all know, I stumble across my words quite a bit as it is. But when you're doing it for the first couple of times, you you think everybody in the world is listening to you. In, in reality, most of them probably aren't even paying attention to you. But you think, oh, my gosh, everybody's hearing every little word I'm saying. So you, you get self-conscious about it and you start messing up. But it, you know, it, it's harder than it looks. The game I, goes by much faster. Oh yeah, doing that because it's like, it, you know, you're paying attention. You're seeing who scores, and then the referees in your way sometimes. You can't see whether he made the shot or not. Right. 
And then when you see that he made it, you're like, what number was it? Oh, okay. And uh, uh, what's that kid's name? And you're looking down. But uh, yeah. had a great time doing it and and uh, filling in for 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 Don because he does a great job there. But uh, it is, uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want to mess up. Uh, I did. I did. I think my best was introducing our starting lineup, and I was like, number ten, Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I, I was I was on that. You you had that down. I was I was on it. So we, we had so you so you're getting getting fired up and practice for whenever we start doing it for exactly the podcast. when we when we do it for so well live yeah. if if we can make that happen uh, I'm looking forward to doing that yeah me too and um at least there we'll have two sets of eyes going on so maybe we'll be able to tell what's going on yeah. a little bit and even I was like with you know I was giving the guy that got the assist credit right so it's like you know, Caleb Williams with the assist Braylon Brown with the bucket. Yeah, and and sometimes when you're when you're doing the announcing, sometimes you're like, "Am I saying too much? Do I not say yeah. enough?" Because you don't want to get in there where you're talking the whole time. Yeah, I'm like, they don't want to hear me. They're right. watching the game, but so, I'm not even sure. And the funnier part about it, so there's a DJ that plays. Yeah, in between timeouts, but I've got a list of companies that are sponsors that I'm supposed to announce announce three times during the game. So I'm like, timeout happens. I'm like, okay, I can get these six. You know, company sponsors' names, and and then the music turns on, and then he's looking at me while he's playing the music, and I guess I need to figure out a code to be like, you know, yeah, so I can. Uh, but yeah, I got I got all the uh, sponsors' names in. I, I, I gave myself an A. That's good, not an yeah. A plus, but an A. So room for improvement, but still yeah. did a good job. Yeah. I like that. But you know, I guess um, other big news for South Bozier this week was the. Sobo Trap House? Yeah. CVS. You know, there's there's a lot of people asking questions about what happened at the CVS. Yes. Uh, and all I know about the CVS issue is that, uh, you know, the DEA raided the, the on the corner of Jimmy Davis Highway in Barksdale. They, they raided it. They took out five employees in handcuffs. And were so, they handcuffed? Uh, all five of them were handcuffed? That's what I was told. Wow. And that... Uh, they had been uh, monitoring a situation there for for quite some time, and I guess they finally. But I know CVS is back open. Yeah, they, the pharmacy is open the next day. Pharmacy was open the next they day. They probably I brought by some, there, and the line was just as long as it always is. So. Uh, but that was that was a little crazy. And you started seeing the memes about the Sobo Trap House. Yeah, CVS, which is sort of funny, but uh, it was kind of kind of a wild. Yeah, you know, a lot of people around lately have been complaining about Brookshire's pharmacy about how how bad it's been, and everybody's like, "Man, it, nobody can be worse than the Brookshire's pharmacy." And CVS said, "Hold my beer." Well, here's what Let I let me don't see understand. what I can do. And you you know me well pretty well, but like I heard people and saw people on Facebook talking about how great this pharmacist was that left, and he went up to North Bozier to open right. pharmacy. And they would mention him by name. I have never known a pharmacist's name. I, hadn't I don't understand that. Well, first of all, you don't ever go to the doctor. That's true, and that's why I was gonna. Say. So I don't go so, to the doctor. I don't take a bunch of medicine because uh, I feel like that just make me sicker. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just uh, maybe that's a bad philosophy to have. But like all these people was so and so. I don't want to use Scott Jordan's right. name, but I mean, it's almost like he's a celebrity in the pharmacy world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've never known a pharmacist's name either, and I've heard this fellow this guy's name quite a bit over the last three or four months since 
I guess he's been gone six months, three yeah. months. I don't know exactly how, but I've heard his name and seen his name several times up there. So, so yeah, so that's been kind of the most excitement in Sobo I think they've had in a while. Yeah. Is uh, what's going on at CVS and that they missed the pharmacist that was there and all that fun stuff. But uh, <laughs> Big city I, troubles. I tell you. Big city of South Bossier having some issues at the CVS. Anything else going on that kind of local that we can chit-chat a bit? Uh, I, we have a topic coming up for, I guess it's real news, real talk, real we almost kind of did real news first. Yeah. Be I felt, you. you know, we didn't even discuss what really what all we were going to we talk about. We don't want to discuss that. We've kind of we been winging it. We don't even want to discuss that. We've kind of just been winging it. I like it. I'm oh, cool. I figured you're fixing to discuss something else. Okay, never mind. I figured you're fixing to tell me about the cowgirls. About the cowboy blue? Man, you know what? Uh, we have a little group text with some Saints fans and some cowboy fans and even yesterday after their victory, I couldn't get any response from well, any first of those of all, Saints fans. As a Saints fan, the Saints can't ever do anything that I want them to do. I don't want to win another game this year. And Why? Because you want them to get a. I want know, a high draft pick, and the Saints you think are not. That's going to help. Well, I don't know about that, but the Saints are not good enough to win in the playoffs. Well, I did. They're I, not going to go anywhere in the playoffs. I did. There's a chance that they play the Cowboys in the first round of the wild cards. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, that would be awesome because then if we won, I would love it. Especially uh, if we had a losing record. I read, I think it was Roy Lang that said there's a great possibility if the Saints were to win out. Uh that uh, they they could end up uh, playing the Cowboys. Play wow. So well, that's the, we'll see. I guess of that's course, assuming the Cowboys, Cowboys don't get the number one seed. Well, it's going to be tough. So if you look at like Cowboys are now ten and three after spanking the Eagles last night. Sorry, Eagles fans, but we spanked you pretty good last night. Um, but you know the Cowboys have a pretty tough schedule. The Eagles play the Giants twice. Uh, they might play Chicago. They're, yeah, they got, have a very weak schedule. They've got a very easy schedule where we've got Buffalo, Miami. Detroit. Detroit. So, uh, you know, it's it's, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to win the division. I'm not saying it can't happen. Uh, but uh, I, th- I do think that, you know, the whole thing, well, they haven't beat a winning team. Okay, well, last night they did. Now what, Saints fans? <laughs> now what? Hadn't won a playoff in forever. Yeah. I don't know. I just got to come up with something. But uh, so yeah, it was a good good sports week. LSU Lady Tigers basketball took the court again yesterday, and Michaela had a great game. I believe she had eighteen or nineteen points, uh, eight or nine rebounds. Uh, really, uh, the, the first half of the the ladies' game yesterday was uh, I think twenty eight twenty eight against ULL, and you're like, man, what's going on? And then the third quarter. Uh, Angel Reese, Morrow, Michaela—they came out and really, really played well. Ran away with it. Ended up winning pretty yeah, big. Yeah, it, it's pretty big. When I finally saw it, yeah. And I, matter of fact, I went over to Ruston to um, Saturday to watch the Bulldogs play. Ooh la la, and um, that was a good game. Tech got up, was up nineteen at half, and ended up winning by five. It was um, ULL's got a, a point guy. guard back yet for Tech? No, he's still out. They said he was available in an emergency situation, but they were trying not to play. Trying to let him he, get he better. He dressed so. and he was ready, but 
They, were they need to him. save him for conference play. Yeah, I think he'll probably play Tuesday night. Maybe if not, he'll definitely be back, like you said, for conference, which I think starts right at the first of the year. So, um, but no, it was I, ULL. I'm not, I'm not a big fan because I hate how they call themselves Louisiana. They're not Louisiana. They're ULL, University of Louisiana Lafayette, and um, they have a shooter. I think his name was Julian. The kid could shoot. I mean, lights out. Wherever he wanted to shoot from, he could shoot and make. I think he was averaging right about twenty a game. And Tech had Haywood play. I don't know who Haywood is. Let me go ahead and do this one. Haywood, who? I I, I can't remember his last name. <laughs> is he Dayton Wendy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I did that Wendy to somebody yesterday while we were eating eating lunch, and she looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> I didn't tell her what the, who Wendy was. Probably a good, probably a good thing. Yeah, because she's a senior citizen. <laughs> her grandson was going, "Game, don't say nothing." Don't say nothing. Just stop. So, um, but other than that, I don't think can't think of anything. Yeah, I else. think that's probably it for the uh, real talk. I guess we'll talk uh, yesterday. Uh, speaker Mike Johnson. Oh, was in that's town. right. That was the big thing I wanted to ask. About and uh, got the pleasure of having breakfast at Strawn's yesterday with Fox and friends, and spending a few hours there. And a speaker came in and got to speak with him and talk to him for for a minute or two and uh it was kind of a neat deal to have uh fox and friends and mm-hmm. i was getting text messages from people if you're not at strong somebody looks just like you there um but it was cool so we I, we I completely forgot all about it until i saw where brian had sent a text out mid-morning saying i guess we missed the invite and i completely forgot about because i was going to go I, I wasn't planning on going up there at five o'clock in the morning but um, it was early we got there uh I didn't get there at four forty-five, and I got there about five oh five, and the place was packed. Which Strong's is not that big. No, it's not that big. I and, mean, because when Landry came, it was packed, and yeah. I can only imagine how it was with um, Speaker Johnson in there. My favorite part of probably being there that early, and then Mike finally he got there about eight o'clock, a little after eight, was just watching the Secret Service, you know, move around and about and. And and watching people and uh, it, it it was a good thing and Fox and Friends they were they were live and coming in and out and they were eating Strawn's pie and I think Mike even went back in the kitchen and and maybe even was helping really make make a, a pie or breakfast and so was uh, Fox and Friends host so it, it was it was good was that your first time to ever be on Fox and Friends? that was my first time I know you've probably been on it at Cafe USA I've right? been I've been on it at Cafe USA before so yes did you, did you talk I did talk. See, Dennis talked yesterday too. They, I, let, they didn't let you talk. I, well, I, I I was just watching. They, they actually they came up and asked a question, and this is uh, he he asked, "What is what do you think our biggest issue is in our country right now?" And what how would you have answered that? The biggest issue in our country now, um, the president aside. Yeah, um, I would say our biggest issue right now is the border. And that's exactly what Dennis said. Um, my biggest concern is election integrity because I do not believe we're going to have another fair election. I, I agree ever with you 100% for the on that, which, by the way, we are now going to get shadow banned again this week for that exact comment. But I agree with you 100% that 
election integrity is lost because well even to take i mean take a look at what's going on here in in in, in caddo parish you know the one vote sheriff right. election and and dead people voted and uh Two people, people voted, voted twice. twice and and that's just 40 and 42,000 votes yeah when you look nationwide i just that it, it is and it if they would have asked my, you know, if I would have jumped up to the mic, that would have been my answer. And and although Dennis's answer of the border crisis, it was definitely also very important. Um, I, I election integrity to me is is a concern. I just don't know that in the next presidential election we're going or or and even the any, one after any that, any election. of them moving yeah. forward, they're not going to be. Uh, they're not going to be fair. Yeah, I would say my one of my big concerns about the the elections are some states are allowing illegals are trying to allow illegals to vote. How are you going to determine where they can and cannot vote for? Because here in Louisiana, when you go in that booth, you don't have an option of they can't turn off certain things for you to vote for. So everything pops up on there. So if a person who, when they say he's only going to vote in local elections, but there's national stuff on the ballot, well, why should you, you gonna, be able to vote for I, local elections? If you're, if, I mean, you, if I, you're allowed to vote, you should vote for all of them. But if you're not a citizen of the United I, States, you shouldn't be able to vote. I agree a hundred percent. You should not be in there voting at all. If you're not a citizen, but you know, as well as I do, why they do it. It's to get those votes. Oh, yeah. And it, it and I w- wished people would get pissed off at some point and say, I'm sick and tired of being taken advantage of. I mean, we got veterans who get taken advantage of. We've got homeless people who get taken advantage of. We got everyday Americans who are getting taken care of, but we're more worried about people coming across our border that Well and and, and we can't pay our teachers, our police and our fire enough to to serve and protect us but we can give money to people who come from another country and put them up in hotels and, and cell give phones. them money and give them cell phones but we can't take care of our own and we can't make sure that we have a safe and i don't it's too early to i know i'm fixing to get on my soapbox but i'm fixed i got to get on it real quick because you know there's things that people don't don't think about when they say oh we're just helping the I'm all for helping people. Believe me, I am all for helping people. But there is a right way to do it. And way we're doing is not the right way to do it. And some of the things that happen that we don't even get, most people don't know about. You know, when they stick these kids in the classrooms now, most of them can't speak English. So what happens to the other kids in the classroom who have to not learn while they're trying to teach this one kid how to, you know, communicate with him because they can't talk to him in any other way. So the whole class slows down. Yeah, the whole class is penalized. Yeah. So is it okay for the other 29 students who are in there trying to learn when we have one? Can we not have a place where, you know, I don't know, school where they can learn how to learn the language? or so? I don't know, but you can't penalize those other kids because of that. And we're having that situation. And you can't turn away a kid. You have to take mm-hmm. A kid, whether he's and a look, and I or think not. all kids should have an opportunity to learn. I do too. However, if you put these illegals that haven't come here, haven't done what they need to do properly to be a citizen, you put them in the classroom, you're slowing down the learning and the education of the kids that are citizens. Yes, 
And, you know, I read something the other day on Twitter, and I'm going to butcher it, but it said something to the extent of we used to teach Latin and Greek in high school. Right. And now we're teaching remedial math in college. Yeah, well, yeah. And so that, 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 that it, it, I was just scrolling through Twitter and saw that, and I'm like, you know, that's pretty right. Where, where, do, where does America rank nationwide, I mean worldwide, in education? I don't know the number. You know the number? I don't know. It's not, in, it. it's not in the top 100, I don't think. You know, I've always heard that we, are, we rank low on the worldwide education level. And I hope they don't make me look bad right here and say, United States is number one in education. So, um, but countries with the best educational systems, 2020 global citizens for human rights, Denmark, Finland, Japan, Canada, Sweden, Germany, Israel, Netherlands, Singapore, and South Korea. Wow. Not even in the top 10. You know, so what we're doing as a country when it comes to our education system does not work. You know, kind of a, kind of the same with a lot of other things we do in government. It does not work, and we need to find ways to to fix it. You know, think outside the box. Now, and see, it depends. So, right, this is just another example. So I pull up usnews.com, and they say the United States is number one in education rank, rankings. Um, then the United Kingdom, then Germany, then Canada, then France, then Japan. But see... You you have to f- fact check yeah. different sites to see really, uh, you know, it says U.S. ranks 27th for healthcare and education. Uh, so we'd have to do a little more research to see really where we rank. And look, I you know, I served six and a half years on the Bossier Parish School Board and take a lot of pride in our Bossier Parish schools and our teachers and our students and um but, you know, we've gotten away from, one, having the teachers have time to actually get to know these kids on an individual and love on these kids in elementary school to where everything's about the test. Right. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. It's and, all about the and, test. And it's just so different to me than, than, than what it used to be. And, I, and, and obviously we don't know yet if that, that is better is going to be better or if that's going to be but I can tell you from a mental health standpoint, which is what everyone wants to, you know, chime in that mental health is an issue. And, and, and I agree mental health is an issue, but is it an issue because we've stopped allowing teachers to have the time to love on kids, get to know what's going on in these kids' lives, have time to find out if these kids have a, a good home life, a bad home life, you know, and, hey, they're going straight to the test. They've got to move on. Next section of the chapter, next next segment. And, you know, I think a lot of the mental health stuff that, that, that people throw out there is because we no longer are loving on kids in a classroom. We're actually running them through for a test. Yeah. Running them through for the it's test. It's all about what that standardized uh, test is going to be, how our school is going to rank on this standardized testing. Then, you know, let me ask you a question then real quick and see if you can answer that. We have gotten to the point where, especially in the core classes, we don't allow the teachers to teach anymore. They have a script, basically, that, that they go by. Right. 
and that's issued, I guess, by the state or the federal government. I'm not sure who issues that. But why do we know, why do we send these teachers to school to to learn how to teach, and then we get them in the classroom, and tell them you can't teach. We know what's best for you. Here, read this piece of paper, and that's what they do. You you you've quit allowing the teachers to teach. When we were kids, teachers taught, and some teachers teach in different ways. Some kids learn in different ways. So you, the teacher learns how they can interact with their kids. But now they have to read a script. And then when they get evaluated and if somebody comes in and evaluates them and they're not following that script, they get in trouble. That, that's not – we can get a Well, and the teachers that taught – the that. teachers that taught you and I in elementary and, and middle and high school – you know, they were allowed to teach the way they right. wanted to teach as long as they were teaching and the kids were learning and they were being successful. Now you don't get that, which I also think that's why you don't have as many people coming out of college wanting to be teachers. Right. Is because do they really want to go to college and, and, and come out and get less pay? And, by the way, all you can do is read this script and yeah. go by this script. And get – and get um have kids disrespect you all day long because the parents don't support the teacher anymore. They support their kids. And yeah, I, and that's a whole nother. I just, I'm sure, I'm sure as a school board member, you heard your fair share of Johnny was miss got taken advantage of by the teacher because the teacher didn't do this, but it was more Johnny, the one who was bouncing off the wall, acting like an idiot that, you know, yeah. well, we'll have a whole nother show where we kind of talk about that. Cause I'll get on a, a long soapbox about, that if we if I, and I, I, I'm right. not going to jump into that today, but it is, you know, it is concerning, and especially with the rise in mental health concerns, that we're not catching that early on. The reason we're not catching it early on anymore is because the teachers don't have time to pay attention to what little Susie or little Johnny, you know, um, their emotional well-being right. in a classroom. Because they've got to make sure that they figure out how to do this math problem, how to figure out how to read, figure out. And it's, 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 in my opinion, it's what's causing and helping cause more emotional issues. And, and like you said, we'll, this is a topic we need to talk about at another day because obviously we can talk about it for a while. But I do have a question to ask you, and you can, you can just sit on it or you can answer real quick, and then we'll talk about it at another time. But are the independent school districts – better than the programs where the statewide tells over in Texas or how is that based? They are based on, they get to determine what their curriculum is by each school district or. Yeah. And the ISD really the, the most over in Texas, they have, you know, ISD school system instead of parish school systems, but they get a lot more tax dollars that is paid on your property tax. Right to fund those ISDs. Now, the curriculum that they purchase, that's up to the state of Texas. It's still, up to, the, it's still up to and, the state. Okay. Uh, you know, now you could go against the grain, I guess, and, and as an ISD or even a, a the, the biggest problem with, like, in Louisiana, if you don't get the Tier 1 curriculum that the state and the federal government mandates, then you, you lose points in your school performance score, and you... You know, uh, maybe which, we bring which, in a principal or someone to break all of that down for us. But, you know, they have basically if you said, you know what, I want to use this math curriculum because it's easier to teach or we feel like, well, you, you're probably going to lose some federal dollars. I think so. You're definitely going to lose the federal dollars. You, 
could lose some state dollars and you know and then your your public schools rankings are going to be lower so when people are getting ready to move here well that's a that's a d school i don't want my kids to go there so it's it's a mess and i truly believe and 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 i've said this several times over the past week in talking uh with some school board people that and that in 20 years we won't have public schools really I just don't believe so. I believe the push for charter schools nationwide and statewide, uh, the money following the kids to private schools and charter schools, the homeschooling. Uh, and here's the thing. The reason I believe that is because the state of Louisiana screwed up the, the retirement for teachers. And it's the system is broken. And what, what better way to, to fix it than just to eliminate public schools? And eliminate having to fund new retirement for teachers. And then you're going to see more charter schools. You're going to see more private schools who don't have to pay into that retirement. And you're not adding into that. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. But I have seen I hope an so, a- too, because two of my daughters are teachers. I've seen an attack on public school systems for the last 15 years that I don't think is going away. Hmm. And I think that uh, the the plan is to i'm not going to say bankrupt the school system but i'm going to say this grading i mean they change how you're graded as a school every year you, you might be an a school this year they're going to change the they're going to change that now you've got to try to fight and change and move to that and it's just i know as a school board member that seeing them change that was very frustrating because you're doing everything you can to make sure your superintendent has the money and the tools and everything that the school system needs you know when i was on the school board we we have one employee our employee is the superintendent and then he is in charge of the other 3300 employees and the you know 23,000 students right and you know and again we could we could have just a whole episode maybe where we talk more in depth about that maybe like i said even bring a principal or uh superintendent or somebody on and but I, I, I feel like uh, there is an all-out attack on education, and I believe it's not education-driven to make the best purposes, you know, to, to make education better. It's, to, it's a money issue. Yeah. And it's a money problem. And it goes back to, you know, this, this retirement system is so broke that they started telling each parish in Louisiana, hey, you've got to write this many million dollars more of a check to help get the retirement system fixed. Well, so that takes away opportunities to give raises, hire more people, because you're writing a check to help them get out of trouble in their retirement. Right. And that's a situation where the legislators should have never been in the exactly. retirement system to begin with. Exactly. They and that's no not business the, sticking their hands that's in not that the, pot. That's not the taxpayer's fault. Nope. That's not the teacher's fault. That's not the principal's fault. That's not the student's fault. Those are people that dipped into that money and stole it oh, yeah. and then came back and said, hey, Mr. and Ms. School System, you need to write us a $30 million Because we stole that money from up. y'all. Well, the, you know, and, and and that's the other thing. Locals, right, people who don't pay attention to what's going on with all this, are like, our school system have, should have plenty of money. We've been growing. We have been growing. And our school system, in my opinion, in Bossier Parish is phenomenal. Uh, do we have opportunities just like every every business? Absolutely. 
But what we we don't have the money because the state is just coming and taking it. Yeah. Here, write us an additional thirty million per year so we can get caught up. And they're doing it not just in Bozier Parish, but all these parishes. And they're also doing it to the sheriff's department. They're doing it to the the city because they screwed up the state retirement system. So now the teachers, the principals, the students, the taxpayers are being penalized because just like you were talking about ISDs, well, ISDs get a lot more money from property taxes uh, than, than, than Louisiana, but there a lot more money goes into making things nice for their school system. Right. Dri- drive over to Tyler, Texas, and look at their schools oh, yeah. and their system. They're spending their money on their school and education. Louisiana, the state is saying, oh, we made a real bad mistake. So, Bozier Parish, write us another $30 million check. Caddo Parish, write us another $35 million check and, and let it help us get out of trouble. And they had this big overage surplus I, I was, of money. I was fixing to go there. And they could have done that. Could have taken care that of That would have freed up local money. Yep. To but give they teacher chose pay raises, hire more teachers, hire more. I mean, so it's, it's a... It, you got me a little. I know, and there, and, and I was going to bring that up. There was some a group of local politicians who wanted to take that surplus and put it to the mm-hmm. retirement system, so we could have done away with that debt. And lo and behold, some other people said, "Oh no, we can't do that. We need to take this extra money and spend it on a arts building down in South Louisiana somewhere." Or because imagine this, and I and I'm using the thirty million because I believe that's pretty close to the number that years ago Bozier Parish was told, you need to write a, an additional, on top of what you're paying into the retirement system now. It's crazy. You need to write another $30 million check per year. If that wasn't happening, do you know what that $30 million could give teacher pay raises? I mean, a teacher pay raise for everybody, a significant teacher pay raise is probably around $9 million. So you could have done it almost so, two times. And that's two every year that you're over. hit. So that's reoccurring revenue that you're writing to the state because they screwed up the retirement that could be spent locally to pay teachers more, to be spent on the schools. It's it's But, you know, and again, the average person doesn't know about all no. of that, doesn't understand all that, and just thinks, well, they're just wasting our money. Yeah, and who do they blame for it whenever – the schools don't have what they need. They blame the school board and the schools for saying, well, y'all are wasting our money. But like you said, nobody knows who's actually the one stealing your money is the one little bit about four hours south of here. hundred percent. So, And it's just, and it, it's frustrating to people that are on the school board. Obviously I'm not on the school board anymore, but I care about our school right. system and will always care about our school system. Uh, and it, and it, it's just, it's unfortunate for our kids, for our teachers, for the employees of the Bozier school system and all the schools in our state. But again, it's an attack that's been happening. I believe it's an attack that, that long-term puts charter schools and look, you and I could go to a charter school tomorrow and teach chemistry. <laughs> what was the class that we did so well? Chemistry. I did well in chemistry, so I could teach it. Uh, I, I mean, I, and, that, and, and to me, that's scary, right? So we've got a charter school very close to where we're sitting right now that's an F school. You and I could go over there tomorrow and probably get hired to teach whatever we wanted to teach. And probably only pay a little above minimum wage. Um, and, you know, they don't have to pay into the retirement. And, man, you're, you're taking me down a, I know. a hole of MFP money and how 
charter schools get the same amount of money per student as a public school system. But they don't put the same energy. But they don't have transportation. They don't have to feed them. They pocket the excess money. So it's for profit. 100%. 100%. Well, and that's going to lead us up to something I, that I want to talk about in our next section about profit and pri- right. privatization. So um, we <laughs> kind of got off. There's no telling where we're going whenever you and I don't aren't scripted. We just go. And we are very unscripted today. We just we went. Are. And you see where it took us. So, but yeah, I, I, I got a question I want to bring up to you next, next section. Segment? Right. And, um, and we'll see how that, it kind of relates in a little bit way and we'll go from there and see what you think. But I think we'll, we'll get off our school box right this second. Cause I, I, I'm agree with you. We could do a whole hour and a half long show just on school board and school systems and school funding and, school and where funding. the money goes. Yeah. And, I, I th- and which I think we probably should do something like that after the first of the year, because it is, a topic that taxpayers do are concerned about. And I don't think most people know exactly what goes on. So we'll, we'll kind of put a, a pin in it for right now and maybe talk about it after the first of the year. Yeah. Cause maybe people don't want to hear about that. So they might not until it comes time to it, pay they their watch taxes. Or, or comment on it and say, Hey, we want y'all to talk some more about it. We'll talk some more. Yeah. About it. It's obviously something that I'm pretty passionate about. Uh, so we'll, uh, We'll leave that up to you guys. Y'all want us to talk some more about that? We'll be glad to. But for now, I believe that's going to wrap us up for the Real Talk segment of the show. Yeah. So We'll be back very soon for the Real News segment of the show. Welcome back to the Real News segment of the show. Keith, what are we going to talk about for Real News? Well, let's say um, you had a, I guess, a confirmation last week. Is that correct? I did. Uh the Bossier City Council on Tuesday of last week uh, approved the Charter Commission Okay, uh, for the city of Bossier. And I'm going to read the names to the people. So it says that the Charter Review Commission is to be compromised of the following citizens. Shane Cheatham, Preston Friedley, Lee Jeter Sr., David Johnson, Sandra Moorhart, Juliana Parks, Pandarina Sumas, Vicki Whitman, and Lisa Wilhite, with the CAO and the city attorney serving as ex-officio non-voting members of the Charter Review Commission. Okay. Well, congratulations. Well, I, I tell you, I, I really appreciate uh, Mayor Chandler nominating me and letting me be a part of this Charter Review Committee. Uh, not sure yet when we're going to start meeting, right? but... Uh, you know, I'm I, uh, not sure what to expect. You know, when you kind of read articles, I don't know if uh, if you've had an opportunity to read an article, but Jeff Sadow came out with an article talking about the Charter Review Committee uh, that was very interesting and discussed uh, kind of in depth why he thinks that the Charter Commission has been put together versus what the term limit petition, you know, by the voters so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what some of the other members of this group are going to bring forth. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll have more information once we you know, have a meeting and yeah. start conversating. I'll know a little bit more about it. But uh, honored to be picked by the mayor. Uh, the mayor. It's actually kind of strange. I, I don't know that they showed who everyone else picked, but they did show that the mayor picked – myself and Lee Jeter 
And then the other one's not sure why they didn't say who, who they. Yeah, they didn't say, you know, that so-and-so picked this person, so-and-so picked this person. I do know that there's been a lot of talk about there was two council members that did not pick anybody right. from their district. And I was just fixing to ask you, because I remember we had brought that up once before, that two of them did not pick somebody from their district. And did that change, or did they still not have anybody? Nope. They did not. Uh, you know, there was some talk at the council meeting about actually um, – you know, asking them to that there was people in the audience from that district that would like to be on the charter commission, but they didn't make any changes, um, and went forward with the charter commission as it was with two districts not being represented on on that charter. Did commission. anybody from that those districts get up and speak whenever they? About they did not. They were just told that, that there were some there that would like to, and they didn't. Correct. Hmm. Uh, you know, I would have just. In all honesty, I would have liked to have seen every district of our city represented. Of course. Uh, I just believe that that that's why you have uh, different districts and district councilmen and the fact that they could not, you know, one of the councilmen said he could not find anybody in his district that wanted to serve. Hmm. Is that the case or did he find someone that he couldn't control how they voted or what they brought to the table? Right. I, I don't know the answer to that. We'll leave that up to, to or the, somebody else making the decisions for them. Um, more to come. More to come. More to come. That. Okay. So I, I and I personally know I look like four of the people that were on that that charter commission. So, um, looking forward to it. Like to see what. Yeah, there's several people. I, I actually saw Vicky Whitman at the. Breakfast uh, for Mike Johnson. She said she was looking forward to serving on it. I think uh, the other night you and I saw Juliana Park. Right. So I'm looking forward. So there's there's some good people that, that that have done some really good things in our city that are on this committee. And, again, I feel like my job is to serve, you know, the people of Bossier City. The mayor asked me to be on this, and and uh, as his representative, my job is to to – do what the people of Bozier City right. want. And, and like I said last show, I, I truly believe that you are a perfect fit for that because I truly believe that you have Bozier City as a number one priority in, in your DNA. Yeah. So, Well, and that's, it's funny. I, I At one of the basketball games this weekend, there was an elected official there and had time to visit with that elected official and and really hadn't didn't know him before sitting spending about two two and a half hours visiting with him but you know i told him i said the reason that i ran for police jury or not police jury <laughs> oh. uh, the reason i ran for school board you know was to try to help bozier parish schools be better right and at that time um one example that i gave him i said you know there's people that say well he only cares about south bozier right you know well when you're elected to represent a certain people you are to fight for those that's people. right um, but also while I was on the school board, there was a lot of talk about spending money on a new middle school in Benton. And when they had passed the, the $212 million, uh, tax to build the schools and remodel and update some schools, the people of Benton were promised a new high school. Well, when we got on the school board, 
they were looking at making a new middle school in Benton. Instead of a new high school. Instead of a new high school. And my thing was, you promised the people of Benton a new high school. You didn't promise them a new middle school. Right. And the politics of why it was going to be a middle school and not a new high school. I didn't really care about all that. I'm like, you told the people you were going to build a new high school in Benton. And I truly believe your flagship school in your community should be your high school. Right. Your flagship school, I mean... Who, when you go off to college, that's probably the best campus you've ever been to. Right. The biggest, has the most things, the nicest, versus, you know, your elementary schools are usually small, maybe older. And so it didn't make sense for me to see that Benton was going to get a new middle school. Right. Uh, So Dennis Bamberg, myself, Eric Newman, we fought pretty hard to make sure that the people of Benton got what they voted on. And I feel like that was probably one of my biggest accomplishments while on the school board, maybe top five, was that I held the people accountable to do what they said they were going to do in Benton. Right. I don't live in Benton. Right. Benton is not who elected me. But at the time, I believe I fought harder for Benton to get a new high school than than the people that were representing Benton. And there really? were some politics involved in, in, in that, but... Now Benton has a flagship high school. Airline had $24 million, and, and their campus was upgraded. And, and Houghton had a, I think, $26 million upgrade. And Parkway got their new school prior to me being on the board. Right. Your flagship school should be your high school. Um, and then your best and your brightest will go to, to off to a, even more of a flagship campus, whether that's LSU, Louisiana Tech. Right. Uh, you know, other, other schools. So... Um, that being said, you know, there's a lot of talk. I remember when they were talking about me being the CAO, you know, well, that guy only cares about South Bossier. Not true. Right. Uh, and in this particular commission that I'm going to be a part of, my goal is to do play a part and work with these other, uh, commission members and charter revision commission members to do what's best for Bossier city. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, case in point with me representing uh, South Bossier and the police jury. If Bossier Parish as a whole doesn't succeed, District 12 doesn't succeed, succeed either. So you have to make sure as a whole that the the government as a whole and the parish works, and then you work for your community as well. But if the whole doesn't work, the, the little part's not going to either. So, 100%. So, yeah, for someone to say you were strictly about South Bossier, that would make no sense because you couldn't make South Bossier thrive in Bossier City. Not thrive. Not thrive. Right. It, it, it just wouldn't work that way. So that was that's kind of that, – that you know as well as I do, that was somebody who didn't want you on the on – Oh, I keep receipts. I know who that was. <laughs> I promise. So, yes, I, I think you do. So – which, that's what I like about you, Shane. Yeah, you know, that you do do that. So, well, and and we'll talk some more about that as as time comes on when y'all start having y'all's meetings and you can, you know, things that you can tell us. I'm sure there'll be some stuff that maybe won't be privy to the public at first. I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, but I I do tell you, I will tell you and everyone watching this. I do plan on sharing things that come up for the charter commission because I represent. I was asked to be on this by the mayor of Bossier City, who represents everybody, everybody in Bossier City. 
And I feel like the people, you know, will want to know and hear what's going on and what the thought process and the ideas are. So I do plan on talking about that. Good, good. Because I, I think that's one of the problems we've had for so long in all forms of government is people don't know what's going on. And we talked about that a little bit in the last um, section. So, but anyway, we'll kind of change gears a little bit here. I, I had a curious question proposed to me this last week or so. And I'm, I'm going to ask you and see what you think, and we can talk about it a little bit because I'm not—I don't have an opinion on it either, anyway, right now. And but has today's society outgrown public libraries? Are are they worth the funding that it costs taxpayers to have public libraries? Uh, and it might be an unpopular opinion, but I, I do not believe that our libraries are used like they were prior to having the internet. Correct. Well, there's no doubt they can't be used the same way they were before we had the internet because back and, then you had to literally go. As a matter of fact, you and I were talking about this the other day, and I, I, I don't even know if I remember how to do it, but the Dewey Decimal System. I'm assuming the Dewey Decimal System does not get used anymore. Do they revamp it? I have no idea. I, I, we might have to get a, a library person, if there are those anymore, to come on and, and talk with us about it. I, you know, I'm not naive to believe that nobody uses the library. There are people that probably don't have internet in outerlying areas that need to go and, and study or learn or do something. Um, but our libraries, I'm not going to say they're irrelevant but I'm not sure that students use libraries anymore. And, and, and I, I tend to agree to that to a certain extent because do, do people check books out anymore? Yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I don't want to upset any of our school librarians right. or and, public and, librarians because I am not educated enough on it to know. But I know this, the only... <laughs> uh, when when I was on the school board, the only time when I was touring schools, I would walk through high schools, and there'd be nobody in the library. Really? But then when they had a retirement party or a faculty meeting, they would use the library. And I just don't know that that's what libraries, I mean, is that what libraries are nowadays? I, I voted no to a $700,000 state-of-the-art library at Airline High School. Now, they got the library. Uh, I was one of only two no votes at that time. I did not understand why they needed a $700,000 library when the other schools didn't have that, and the other school libraries were not being used from what I saw, you know, like libraries were used when we were kids. Right. Um I, you know, and again, libraries might be different. There's more computers now. There's more internet. There's right. more, you know, but as far as like checking out books, I, I, I don't know that that's a thing that happens very much anymore. And, and to be honest with you, I, I don't know the answer to that either. And when the question was asked to me, I, it kind of caught me off guard. And I, and I have asked a few people over the last um, several days about this and, one of the things that was told to me that I, from a former librarian, matter of fact, is, and I, and I trust her work quite a bit, if 
Because the question was, would a private library system be more useful than a public library system? That way, if you wanted to go to the library, you paid to go to the library opposed to everybody in the parish paying to go to the paying for you to go to the library. And the, her response was, well, when you tend to, when you have private libraries, as in law libraries, um, church libraries, things like that, they have a certain agenda that they are pushing, you know, obvious that, you know, church is going to have stuff about religion, law, your law, law library is going to be about law. And, and I understand, I, I can see that point because everything has an agenda behind it. And even in the public library system, people push an agenda behind those as well. We see that on the national level all the time. So, I can see where the private, where you a private one would have an agenda, and people would get money from certain sources that would push for certain books to be in there, or push for certain books not to be in there. To me, the good thing about competition is, if there's a library that doesn't have not meeting the needs of the people, somebody else will open one up. That will. That will. Now, and you and you you asked me this question last night when I brought it to your attention. You said, is Books a Million a library? Because, I mean, it's a collection of books. Where people well, and, that's, and, and, and this is where, and again, surely there's someone we can have come on the show and talk with us about this a little bit more. But you and I looked at some numbers before we came on to talk about this. And it costs the taxpayers of Bossier Parish $63 every time someone goes into our libraries. Yes. That's based off of the number of visitors they say that our libraries have had and based off the budget that, of, of, of that the was library. on the library page. Yes. Uh, so the budget for, for the library is about $9 million. They said 125,000 people visited the library last year. So it's costing $63 every time someone enters that library. Now, sometimes they're entering that library to, to get on the computer Sometimes they're probably getting a book, but is that $9 million, is it worth it? Right. Or could you spend that money to make sure that those people have internet wherever they are? Would your money be better spent putting Wi-Fi hotspots in Elm Grove, Plain Dealing, uh, you know, other places in right. the city? versus that way they could get on the computer and they could do their research and study there. Would that be cheaper than $63 per visit? Right. I I don't have the answer to that question, but it makes you think, you know, $9 million. And then I know we're, we're, we're building a beautiful new library, you know, at the uh, History Center. Yes, right across the street. Uh, from I think the, that cost about $9 million right. to build on top of the $9 million budget that that we have as a parish and i'm sure once you are take your position at the police jury you'll learn a little bit more about that maybe we can talk more knowledgeably uh, about it but it just makes you wonder 63 dollars per visit like they could go to books a million and buy a book for less than that buy several books for 63 dollars uh you could probably go in there and buy two or three books right so that's why my question to you last night, well, you know, is Books a Million, is Second and Charles, are these places considered libraries? And and could they function, 
could they have the function instead of spending nine million? Could you put inside of a books a million or put inside of a second and Charles free internet? Right. Have an agreement where you provide a Wi-Fi hotspot where people can go in there. So you know, would that be less money? And you still provide for the people. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but hopefully we can. Right. Some more information. And, on and that. the whole question wasn't brought up to, for us to say we want to get rid of the libraries. That's not what the whole question was brought up about. It was just, you know, because someone had showed us their millage rates on their taxes, and, and the millage rate for the library is quite a bit higher than the millage rate for roads, some of the, for, for roads and some of the other things. So that, the question came up on that, and, you know, and one thing I look at, we've been doing things in Louisiana and nationwide, really, for a long time the same old way. And to be honest with you, some of those things don't work anymore. Do we need to start looking outside the box to find better ways to Well, that's why I bring up, up, could we partner, could you partner as a city or a parish with a bookstore? Right. And make that a library and a bookstore. And would that serve the same purpose? Because you got to figure the the, the argument's going to be, well, you got to have libraries for people who can't afford to go buy books. Right. For people who can't afford to have internet. Totally get that. And totally believe that we should, as a parish, try to provide an opportunity for them to have the same access to books and internet as a student who can go to Books a Million and buy four or five of those books that they need for the school year. Right. Because I think if you... I might be wrong, but in an English class or a reading class, you might read three or four four books max okay. in, a, in a year. Um, and obviously there's people that you can go check out that book and keep it and read it, and it doesn't cost you anything, but it is costing the taxpayers money when okay. you go to a, a, a library that's not at the school. Right. Um, so I, I, again, I probably, we need to get a little more information on that, but it was eye opening to me when we looked and it said $63 per visit is what it costs the taxpayers of Bozier Parish. Right. Yeah. And I agree. And, and like I said, I, I, I we're probably going to get some people, some people mad at us about this. We're not trying to do it. Yeah, we're not we're, saying we're asking a question in yeah. which that's how we should do things. In, yeah. In Cause somebody could explain to me probably in a 20 minute conversation, why the public library is a must. Right. You know, I drive by the one in Elm Grove, quite frankly, doing it in real estate. I'm driving to a property to look at it, and I don't ever see any cars there. It's a beautiful, beautiful library. But how many people are using it? Right. Versus what it cost. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, not trying to make people who love the library upset, but I, I'm... Sometimes you talk about things and you figure out, are there, is there a better way to, to make sure we're helping people that need to be helped? Yeah. And, but we're not just spending money just to spend money. Right. We're not just throwing money away to be, because we've, that's the way we've always done it, you know? So yeah, maybe in the, in the comments, uh, on YouTube or on Facebook, someone can, you know, conversate with that. If someone who has a lot of knowledge on this would like to come talk to us about the libraries and, and what all they are offering. I just think in today's technology world, in our schools and in our public libraries, our libraries aren't utilized like they used to be. Right. And and prob- and I would, now on the younger level at elementary schools, 
I think they are. Kids do Absolutely. check out the books quite a bit because they're not necessarily looking on the internet and things like that. High school level, I, I tend to agree that you probably get the majority of your information by looking it up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember my daughter ever. She's at Louisiana Tech. She's a senior at Tech. I don't remember her going to the school library and getting a book and checking it out. Right. Elementary school, absolutely. Right. Maybe even middle school. But at the high school level, I just I I I, I don't recall that. And I have a freshman now as well, and he has not been in the library. Yeah, and and the only time I my daughter daughters, um, I think that when they went to the library on, in college, for sure, it was go there to study because it was a quiet place to go study. Right. You know, so but checking out books, I don't know. You know, so I, well because most of the time they'll probably buy the book. And then when they're done with it, resell it. Right. Or you can, you know, you can check out a book online mm-hmm. nowadays. So I mean, you don't even have to buy it online. You just check it out online for your e-reader or whatever you have. So it's just a question to be asked. You know, like we said, sometimes, like you said, Shane, thinking outside the box is the way you make things better. And, you know, so. And it sounds boring to talk about libraries, you know, but there's a lot of money involved i mean yeah. nine million dollars a year that bozier Parish, just bozier parish spends on libraries and one of the of things that we saw matter of fact when we were looking at that website it said more people go to the library than to mlb nba nfl nascar and movie theaters combined and i'm just not buying that i i i, I have i'm not trouble. saying somebody's i'm not saying somebody's lying but it does say right here, it says, do people use, still use libraries? Yes. Not only do people use libraries, but libraries are thriving. Each year, more people visit their local public library than attend NFL games, NHL, NBA games, NASCAR games, and movie theaters combined. That, that's a lot of people. I, uh, and then it goes on to say that in 2021, we had 125,911 visitors to our libraries in Bossier Parish. Can I say something real quick, Shane? It says visits, not visitors. Right, not visitors. Visits. So how many, how many of those 125,911 visits were people who went multiple times? Um, I, I, I just, when you talk, you know, one NFL game is about 90,000 people. Right. You got 32 NFL teams that play 17 games. Uh, I went to the movie theater yesterday with my family. Um, that just seems strange to me. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, what do they say? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. I mean, they've got numbers. Maybe they've got numbers that will back that, back that claim up. If you look at that nationally, um, maybe so. Uh, I, I could see if you included school libraries in that number, right? Where you got elementary school kids, middle school, high school kids. Right. And, and they might include that. Um, it, it's, uh, just some interesting numbers and, and, you know, my thing, even when, Years ago, when I voted no to a $700,000 library at Airline High School, I could not fathom why we needed that state-of-the-art of of a library because every time I went into school, the library, I mean, I went there and had punch and cake, but I didn't go and I didn't see people there really utilizing. Now, in this $700,000 library, is it largely computer-based? Or is it? I never went in it. Oh, 
Um, I, I just curious to what. I, I know they had some TV screens and monitors and stuff, so I, I, I don't know. Because I'm just curious to what of the seven hundred thousand, what was. And of course, my 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 argument too at the time was, why does airline need to have a better library than Houghton, Parkway, Bozier, Plain Dealing? You know, why do they get a seven hundred thousand dollar library? Well, why didn't you get the seven hundred thousand dollar library in South Bozier? Uh, that, was, that was all you were concerned about. <laughs> so you know, I, again, not hating on libraries. But when you start looking at the numbers, $63 per person that the taxpayers pay, and the millage for a library is more than millages for, from what I saw, for roads yes. in the parish. And we all know that we could probably use more, more roads in the parish to be updated. I know the police jury does a great job with what they, what they have, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things to where would love more information on libraries and like I said, maybe even get somebody on the show that, that is more versed in that than us. And, and I might get a call tomorrow and say, Keith, you're totally wrong on what y'all were looking at. And, and, and great, you know, and I'm, I don't mind being educated whenever I'm wrong on something. And I, I'm sure you don't mind being educated when you're wrong on something, you know? So, but just looking at the actual website and doing numbers in our head, that's what we came up with, and it was kind of a, a startling number. So yeah, and, and based off, I don't know. It's just it said six six hundred thirty five thousand two hundred ninety one items were borrowed, so that means they were checked out. Right. About probably about that means four books per visit. Pretty much ish. Um. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, probably 125 to 630, roughly four, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so, a little over. Yeah. Five items, maybe. Yeah, not quite five, but less than, more than four, yeah. less than five. So, yeah, it, you know, like we said, that this is just some something we, a question that was asked, and we thought we would talk about it and ask y'all's opinion. Y'all are more than welcome to comment on it and, you know, tell us we're idiots or tell us, hey, yeah, I understand, and you know, open up a discussion so we can talk about it. Yeah, just to talk about something something different, and and again, always willing to conversate and 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 learn. Yeah, I agree. So other than that, I really don't have anything else on the subject. We just, I just kind of wanted to, you know, pick your brain, pick the public's brain on that. Since the question was brought up to me, I, I was just curious, you know. Any other real news subjects? Or is that I don't think I have much wrap us up? That pretty much wraps us up on the real news. Very good. Well, we appreciate y'all joining us for the Real News segment of the show. Again, feedback, comments, give us a call, text message. We'll have you on. You can come talk to us uh, more in depth about libraries. And uh, I think that's it. We'll keep you posted on the Charter Commission and how things are going with that. And guess what's next, Keith? The Real Funny Dad Joke segment of the show. You ready? That's right. All right. I'm always ready. Thank you all for joining us for this segment of the show. Welcome to the Real Funny Dad Jokes segment of the show, sponsored by Burkhardt Insurance Agency. If you need homeowner's insurance, car insurance, commercial business insurance, if you need any insurance, you need to give CB and Chase Burkhardt a call at Burkhardt Insurance Agency, 318-746-6716. I'm sure, 
I'm sure if you just call CB and say, hey, I want a dad joke, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a dad joke, too. You know, him and Chase both, though. Yeah. You just call him up and say, hey, so, I hey, need a dad joke. Just need a dad joke and move on, you know? Speaking so, of dad jokes, what you got, man? I got some. You know, we sitting here, you know, basing. You always get me on the what time of year it is. So I went with some Christmas ones. Okay. Did you go Christmas yeah, this time, too? Yeah, I did. I went Christmas. Since this is going to be our last episode before Christmas and probably last episode before the new year. So I went with a couple. I went Christmas theme. So, um, what do you? What does Santa Santa call his little? Hold on a sec. I messed that all up. Start over. What do What do Santa's little helpers learn at school? I don't know. What do they learn? The alphabet. <laughs> they do earn the I butchered that one all up. See, that's probably why I should have my glasses on right now so I can so actually can read it. what I was trying to put on. I'm, gonna put I'm on just glad list. you didn't pick one of mine. So I'm, 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 I probably I'm okay will when it's all said and done. Go, let me hear yours. What do you wash your hands with over the holiday? What do you wash your hands with? I don't know. Santa Tizer. <laughs> I like that. Like that. Um, all right. Don't be reading my screen. Though. I'm not re- I can't. You know I can't see that far. Right. First of all, I got these readers on. I can't see very far at all. All right. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? I don't know. Nothing. It was on the house. <laughs> it was on the house. Yes. 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 What nationality is Santa Claus? Ooh. That I do not know. North Polish. <laughs> oh, I like that. Go ahead and get you another one real quick. I got right. to check something out real quick. Why does Santa have three gardens? Why does Santa have three gardens? I, I don't know. So he can ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I've heard that joke used in many different ways. So... I'll, we'll go with that one, though, instead of the other one. You know, the other day I got I had to go up to the, the police jury. They were having the 4-H was feeding us lunch the other day. And um, I went up there, and I sat next to Julie, who works for the police jury, and she told dad jokes. Nice. I was like, she's going to be a friend of mine. Yeah. She, she had a couple of dad jokes on there. One, I, I hope I don't butcher it because I can't remember how exactly how it goes, but one of them she said was, where do reindeer buy their coffee? Not Starbucks. Starbucks. It was Starbucks? It was Starbucks. Oh, I guessed it. I never even heard that. I guessed it. So I think I she told it a little bit different, but yeah, it's Starbucks. Starbucks. But I thought anybody that tells dad jokes, you know. Pretty cool people. Pretty cool people. So why don't you ever see Santa in a hospital? Ooh. He doesn't have any health insurance. He has private health care. <laughs> <laughs> Little guys help him out all the time. That's good. Yeah. Private health care. All right. What's the most... This is for my wife, by the way. What's the most popular Christmas wine? I don't know. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So I don't like beets. Ask my mom to tell you that story one day. You know, one time, 
You ever seen that commercial for that beets powder or whatever it is all you see on Fox and stuff like that? I bought a bought a can of that beet stuff. Try. Oh my gosh, that was the nastiest thing I've ever drank in my life. I could. It was like drinking dirt. Ugh. It was horrible. I, I couldn't do it. I and they were like, it has a new great flavor to it. There was nothing great about this flavor whatsoever. It was so bad. I started giving getting my friends to taste test it too, just so I could see the look on their face whenever they almost threw up. Ugh. I'm glad so. you didn't haven't asked me to do that. <laughs> well, since you eat like I do, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't like it either. What brand of motorcycle does Santa ride? What brand? Holly Davidson. <laughs> Dang it. I should have been able to get that one. I should have got that one. All right. What's the best Christmas present? Air Jordans? Well, in your case, yes. I don't know. I don't own a pair. I was just thinking like Hunter. Hunter oh. would say Air Jordans. Ah. Uh, a broken drum, because you just can't beat it. <laughs> beat it, beat, beat it. it. <laughs> we could start singing, having a a dad sing section. We could. <laughs> I, I, it nobody be, want to hear me it sing. Would though. not be very good. But what does Santa spend his hard earned salary on? Ooh, probably his. Elf care. Jingle bills. <laughs> That's all I got. I got one more. And I all think right. I think as a parent we can all relate to this one. What's every parent's favorite Christmas carol? I don't know. Silent night. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Best gift all right there. Good silent night. That is kind of the best thing about when you are putting presents out under the tree, maybe the night before. Yeah. How quiet it is. My my wife and I used to lock ourselves in the bedroom and wrap pr- gift, gift, Christmas gifts till late at night. And we always seemed to start because our kids stayed up so late that we'd have to wait till freaking Whatever. 10 o'clock at night to start wrapping gifts. And I was tired by like 10 15. So, but yeah, we spent. Most of the night wrapping gifts so they'd be out ready to go the next morning. I, matter of fact, we probably still do it because my wife still likes to give Santa gifts, even though the kids are all grown and everything. Well, speaking of uh, of, of Christmas, since this is our last show before the holiday, we'd, I guess we'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and yeah. say, remember the reason for the season. That's right. And we hope that everyone has a very blessed Christmas. We'll be back. I think we're going to do right after either right New after Year's Day or, or, yeah. or the day after. For It'll our be next 2024. Episode. We'll do our next episode. But I want to thank everyone for listening to us for this last year because it'll be we're we're not quite on a year yet, but we're getting close. And you know that about this time last year, Shane and I were working hard trying to get ready to to do this. But um, thanks for people who've put up with us for a year. Yes. You know we we've got to do a lot of stuff this year from this podcast. So it's. It's been an interesting year, and hopefully we can keep people somewhat entertained, you know, and keep doing it. Yeah, we hope you keep joining us right here on the sidewalk in 2024, and uh, we we are looking forward to bringing you more real talk, real news, and real funny dad jokes, as well as really cool stories in 2024. 
cool stories in 2024. That's it. Again, thank y'all for joining us today on the sidewalk and for all of season one. And we will see y'all next year for season two of season two Two guys, one sidewalk. We've been picked up for season two. We have. (laughs) See y'all. Merry Christmas. See y'all.